Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. Most people, hopefully, listening to this know a little bit about Liz and I at this point, but it might be worth just kind of telling us a little bit about how you came to be here. How did I end up here? Good question. I ask myself that very question very, very often, actually. <laughs> like in the why you were born kind of way, or just the... In lots <laughs> of ways. Like a friend kitchen. the other day sent me a picture. He took a screenshot. He's doing this program that I'm teaching at the moment. He sent me a screenshot. And it's kind of like you know me like with a hat, like showing them different tantric yoga postures. And I looked at it and I just thought, wow. <laughs> How did I end up here? This <laughs> is... This is so interesting. <laughs> Considering 10 years ago, I was on a trading floor in Canary Wharf. It's yeah. like, I mean, just a little bit over 10 years ago, but still. Yeah. So I, in 2012, my background was finance. And then I set up a real estate development fund in London, all around Europe. And then in 2012, I got invited to set up investment fund, investment portfolio, mostly centered in South Iraq. So I thought, okay. I'm the adventurer. I'm going to do this. This sounds like it's going to be really exciting. I'm going to make loads of money and it's going to be awesome. There was so much potential there and the people that were so excited to have us come. Of course, when you have that kind of intention, perhaps, especially in this age, within kind of two or three years after everything had been set up, after we'd put all the money in, after I'd spent kind of three years living there pretty much, all we need is the license to start selling the product in the market. It's all built, full staff, 75 employees. And there's only so much detail I can go into in public, but let's just say that we were blackmailed by certain people saying, you can't have this until you give us 51% of the shares of your company, which led to two or three years of very, very intensive traveling, trying to figure out how to sort this mess out. It was a very, very, very big investment and I couldn't just walk away from it. And there were people that had invested a lot of their own money. You know, after a year or two years of high stress, the company's losing hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. Same time, I had a relationship that was just an absolute disaster trying to make this work. She lived in London. I was gone for two or three weeks at a time and, you know, with her, like, what is this? You know? <laughs> So we were trying to meet on weekends around Europe. So my travel schedule was really, really crazy. So you were just racking up the miles left and right. Racking up the miles, three or four flights a week. Wow. So your mind must have just been in all those different places. My mind was in all these different places. I was absolutely exhausted. I'd asked a friend of mine who was having these chronic migraines for a couple of months where she was flat in bed for four or five days. I said, so you've been going to see all these neurosurgeons. What's happened to your migraines? She goes, the craziest thing. I went to see this healer and we did this kind of mind process, this kind of subconscious work. And in one session, they were gone. It was this thing from my childhood. Oh, wow. Fantastic. You know what? Like, mm. I'm having a really, really tough time. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should see someone for stress. Yeah. Can I have his number? And that was kind of the beginning of mm. I start going to see this man, this really, really amazing, amazing, pure soul man. Yeah. So within a couple of months of that, the first few were quite intense. So what kind of work was it? So is he it does sacral therapy, or it's, was it no? Yeah. It's it's um, he gets you. I, I guess the best way to describe it is subconscious reprogramming. Okay. So he uses different modalities, but it's all based around the idea of going back to and reimprinting. So you get into mm-hmm. a kind of meditative state, okay. 
And he gets you to go back. Okay, so what's the theme for today? What are we working with? Okay, what's the first memory that's going to come up? Mm-hmm. And then through all of that, while you're in this kind of meditative, quiet state, you go back and the, the subconscious starts to throw forward, actually, the memories that it's, this, it's like this baggage that just wants to be let go of. Yeah. So they just started to come up. Well, this is bothering me. Well, I think the trigger is going to be around this, but let's see, he would say. Mm. And at the same time, he's doing energy healing. Mm. So this is all going on and you're kind of lying on a table while you're going through this process in your head and he's kind of guiding you while he's got, okay, like I feel like I need to kind of put my hands on here. And after a couple of months, I started, because I was traveling a lot, I started doing Skype sessions. And it's the craziest thing is I think when you get attuned to someone, perhaps, or when you start to feel, I would say to him, okay, what part... Like, I want to see if this is real. Because at the beginning, my head was very, like, is this going to work on Skype? Like this energy healing that you're doing, I don't buy it. He said, I tell you what, I'm going to write out a list right now of which areas I'm going to focus on. And I'll do them. And you tell me, let's like do three or four. And you tell me what they were. And I felt it. I felt it. I felt like solar plexus. I felt chest. And it, I felt the random order. And... So you don't really, before this, you didn't have before, a history I didn't or have any of... history or experience or any of this. Okay. I mean, I think my, some of my family would kind of go to see psychics, but it wasn't really something that I was... Yeah. Well, that's more cultural, right? That's more cultural, head. exactly. <laughs> so that wasn't really something that I was involved in or had ever experienced myself. Within a couple of months of working with this man, I went out one day and I was like, you know what? I don't feel like getting drunk today. Huh. And I didn't think much of it. And then it's only after a couple of months that I realized that the way that I was using these things was very much a numbing mechanism based on different childhood patterns and things of just how we deal with stress. So that was, it started to get more and more interesting when I started to see how this was manifesting in my life. And Mm -hmm. about a year after I started seeing him, I went to an intensive kind of weekend retreat that he uh, he did and that weekend was I, I don't know I, I still don't have enough words to describe this experience but it was so potent that I left after two days feeling like a blindfold that I had been wearing my entire life had been ripped off and it was very very jarring actually I remember going back to my house I walked into this house like why am I living here mm. why am I here and that was kind of the beginning that really, even though I'd started working with him a year before, that was kind of the intensification of it. Because I remember coming out going, this is mad. Mm-hmm. And the madness didn't stop there. It got even wackier. Was I, So I decided to sell my house in London. Okay, this doesn't feel right to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I had this house in Iraq. And the house in Iraq, the lease was paid up front. For At uh, that point, we still had a year and a half on the lease. And I had someone else living there, a manager who works for us. How am I going to get out of this house? My bedroom there actually had no windows, damp on the walls. Was had a, I used to have to sleep with earplugs. It was deafening. This house, I'm never going back to that bedroom. I'm never going back to this house. How am I going to get out of it? Two weeks after that weekend, I get a call from the manager who works in the house with us. And he says, the craziest things just happened. I've just come back from a weekend away and the ceiling of your bedroom has caved in. No. Wow. <laughs> so... <laughs> So he's having a freak out and he's going, oh my God, imagine if you were here. And like there's rot, there's huge slabs of concrete on your pillow. Well, the universe provides. Immediately. So the lease was broken. We've got our money back. And that was the end of that house. And then after that, we, you know, I arranged different accommodation and that was it. But that was 
really kind of the whoa where am i yeah what is this maybe they're not lying with this whole your internal vibration your external reality mm-hmm. kind of match each other and i i had the feeling after that of just feeling much more in my body i had tingles and at the beginning which i was very very disturbed by so i would call this man and be like i feel like i'm like i don't know what is going on like all of a sudden i've got like like i wake up in the middle of the night feeling like like i've got like these pinches going on on my feet like what is this and he goes it's just you're feeling energy like energy's moving through you properly you might have had blocks in the past that were blocking certain meridians and now it's moving so stop analyzing it and just enjoy it yeah <laughs> and then i just started practicing different things i was fascinated i was absolutely fascinated and i've really felt a connection to something bigger i felt like i was very very lost and somehow something kind of shunted into me like, hang on buddy basically like 35 years you had your fun now it's time for <laughs> now it's now it's time Which to does ha- we can and it can happen around 35 i mean yeah. that really is the beginning of near adulthood yeah so usually that's a quite the transition age for some i know that feeling and i wonder whether it's something like you do feel like you've been saved but ultimately you've kind of saved yourself Yes. And I quite like that. Yes. Look at synchronicity and intuition. Why I'm so fascinated with intuition and why I teach programs now called intuition. Whenever I'm feeling a little bit doubtful, I just remember that you'll know what you need to know when you need to know it. Yes. Well said. And just relax. Mm-hmm. Don't struggle too much. Yeah, basically. I mean, then I went a little bit, I went all in. <laughs> all my weekends were <laughs> learning about energy work, doing trainings. That's really it. I mean, I could go into lots of detail about everything that I trained in, but it was quite intensive. <laughs> well, I mean, from I what I to, understand, you have quite the extensive CV in the I spiritual went to Brazil, realm. <laughs> I went to Brazil. I went to Peru. I went to... I was lucky that around this time, because of all the problems with the business, that I had more time off than I'd had before. So we got to a point kind of at the beginning of 2017 where it was like, okay, it's stuck with lawyers now. Okay. So I, was, I had the ability to basically take off 10 days a month. Yeah. for nearly a year so in those 10 days i was literally okay like what am i going to do now like there's this whole new world that i get to discover suddenly time opened up time opened up and, and that's it was... what's so interesting because i do think people have to understand is that time does avail itself when it comes to spirit it always does especially if it's part of your purpose i had this big urge okay so i've been through this i really want to help other people Mm -hmm. so how can i now channel Uh, all of Mm -hmm. this into helping other people what ways can i serve so you dive really deep into learning all these different things Mm -hmm. and then you start applying them and then now kind of this year the goalpost is moving in terms of okay like maybe now you need to filter out a little bit and get a little bit more uh, focused in terms of what it is exactly you want to do and how how it's helping people and how perhaps you could improve on the way that it's helping people. Because I have this background in business, because I still manage this business, I'm lucky that I have the opportunity to sometimes be, okay, like I can take two or three weeks off from doing this work, mm-hmm. and like really think about how can I shift. And spiritual practitioners are going to have to pivot yeah. because I think a lot of modalities, well, they're losing potency because we're evolving and people's consciousness is raising at the same time. You're right. And so it's not always going to work. What Well, you, what used to work doesn't work. A lot of the philosophies or theories, even ancient or old ones, will not apply in fifth dimensional consciousness, right? Because we have to step into our own divinity and own the fact that we are the divine. So we're having to really understand what evolution is going to be doing to even mm. spiritual practices. But yeah. So what were you doing and what do you want to do? 
So I was doing a mixture of human design, which is a synthesis, basically, of astrology, I Ching, uh, the Jewish Kabbalah, and the Indian chakra system. And it's all kind of combined, and you end up with this really beautiful-looking chart. There's absolute genius in the system. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives people an idea of their energy type, how they operate best in the world, their key gifts, and how they would best navigate challenges. I was doing quite a lot of that, and this year in particular... I've started to feel that perhaps already I was doing my own version because I felt like people were taking these labels and it was kind of becoming a construct to fit within. I never really did sessions where I told right from the beginning that stuff felt off for me because I'd already been doing my yogic practice and meditation for a year or two before and I was very dialed into what I thought was an intuitive channel. So I would kind of be in my meditation in the morning. I would get an instruction, like, you're going to do this. And I would go and do it. And I would have no expectations because that's that's really how I think we're supposed to operate, mm-hmm. is that we just let nature move through us. Yeah. And if you really have a desire to do something, then do it with no expectations because it's going to be serving somebody. So even I would get this instruction to do a workshop, for example. Go do the workshop. Even if two, only two people came... One of those would be like, you don't understand how much I needed this. Yes. So that's all that matters. One person needed it. That, 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 this workshop was for that one person. Mm-hmm. My ego and the fact that I, my ego would love to see 25 people in here doesn't matter. Yeah. And then 2020 came and people were really, really looking for answers and they really wanted guidance. And I felt a huge, huge, huge responsibility in terms of what am I telling people? Mm-hmm. So I started to notice because a lot of the clients that I have were repeat clients. So we would do kind of long-term coaching combined with yogic practice. And they would kind of come back and be like, but no, I, I shouldn't do that because you told me this. And that, like the interpretation of what I would say would be completely different to how either I intended it or to how... So they were basically mm-hmm. taking these labels. Mm-hmm. But you can be anything you want to be. Of course. And kind of limiting yourself to, well, I should only be like this because this thing tells me this way. Yeah. Or I want to do this, but I shouldn't because this is telling me not to. We're so desperate when we're uncertain 100%. to anchor onto something that we then make it gospel and we make it us when actually, wait a second, that's come from someone else. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's you're not in your power by, 100% by following right. it. Yeah. You're in your power sometimes by overriding it literally what i'm saying to somebody mm-hmm. lo- whether they realize it or not is going to lodge in their subconscious yes it's a profound responsibility it's a huge responsibility huge mm-hmm. huge huge responsibility so if i can't be sure is the right way but i just i just didn't feel i started to feel increasingly uncomfortable yes with what are people doing with this information and instead what i would rather do is rather than tell them this i would rather give them the experience mm-hmm. so come and you sit in silence and you feel into yourself, what do you want? Like, Because if you sit in silence and if I can help you through meditation and through different practices mm-hmm. to actually still your mind so that you can hear your soul voice and your soul talking to you, mm-hmm. that's going to tell you everything you need to know beyond me. Mm-hmm. So listen to yourself rather than listen to me and what this chart is going to tell you. So I'm not doing one-on-one human design anymore. I kind of filtered that out. And now sometimes I bring it into programs just because it helps me. At first, I didn't appreciate the responsibility, I have to say, just because I was so open and accepting. I just thought, it'll work out for everyone else. And then when you start having these experiences where people really, they just open their hearts, their souls are so open. I mean, my practice is soul memory. It's the, I'm going to some of the deepest parts of a person 
and their soul to be able to extract a certain amount of information, which can really hurt them at first because they need to, that's what they have to look at. That is really literally having a person's soul in your hands. And I remember us having that conversation. I'd be like, yeah, but this was said yesterday. Then this was said three days Mm. ago. Then this was said seven days ago. And also I've got a really good memory. And Liz has a shitty one. (laughs) So I'd just be like, oh, did those things, were those things said? And I'm like, yeah, they were all said. None of them make sense. What do I do? And that was always the point. The point was always for me to not go to anyone else for any of my answers. But having said everything that you said there's definitely ingrained with the responsibility, there's some beauty in it. If someone is really, really stuck and you can see people's potential and you can tell, like you could see this beauty that's there that's just screaming to get out. Yes. And within a, a couple of months, they, f- they see and they feel this difference in their life. It's magical. Really. Yes, it really is. It's so funny because I come up from the very, the kind of the other side of it. And I'd say yes and no. The fact that they're even reaching out in the first place. For us, I believe the most sacred moment of any journey is the moment where you say, fuck this. And that moment is the moment before you reach out to someone else, mm. whether it is someone spiritual, mm. someone psychological, someone, a friend, a family member, or whether it's just, it's empowering. And I think them taking the choice, whoever it may be, to see whoever the it intention. may be. That choice is the start. You know, you've been talking a lot about intuition, mm. a lot about following well, what we would call your heart's desires mm. and bringing into this world, you know, the next step on whatever your journey may be. I hate that word, but I'm still using it. Intuition, these kind of things, they tend to be seen as more female. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit because it's not at all. But I would be curious to know what it's like considering that you are male and considering that you still have your feet in finance. Most of my teachers were men. Uh, That's actually, maybe that's not true. There were a fair amount of women as well. It's just allowing the space for more men to actually go to these men teachers. Because you've got, I'm sure you've experienced this. If I have a class or if I run a program or whatever it is that I'm teaching, very often it's, heavily weighted to be women that are actually coming versus men that's changing i think men are starting to understand there's a shift happening Mm -hmm. and you can either jump on board with the shift or you can keep pretending that it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. but you're going to get dragged along one way or the other so you might as well choose the path of least resistance that's why i'm so passionate about all the practices that i teach is because they really build in an awareness that i didn't have before Mm -hmm. and a lot of people find very difficult to find because of the amount of information that is chucked at us through social media and through news and through all these devices that we have now. So that time for myself to really tune in and to become aware of actually the energy that I'm feeling in the voice gives me the understanding of, okay, well, hang on, there's this thought there. And that thought, I know that thought's not helping me. What's the root of it? And can I go back to that particular memory or that particular circumstance that is creating that from a place of fear or from a place of avoidance or from whatever else, not in a kind of judgmental, like, ugh, this is horrible, let it get it off me, but in a in an understanding of that served me 20 years ago and now it's time to let it go because mm-hmm. that particular situation isn't there anymore, for example. Yeah. So and that's what it is, isn't it? That's yeah. what healing is. And all those different elements kind of come together and you end up... I think when the resistance kind of goes away and you feel in a little bit more flow or you just feel like you are flowing, 
then and you uh, just let it take you wherever you want. You just to let it take you. So I have no plans, <laughs> really. <laughs> I think I think for everybody in 2021, <laughs> everyone in 2021 is just riding whatever wave, and I, that's kind of been nice because I always had plans. So everything, you know, what I was doing for work, my schedule was planned three or four months in advance. Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing about 2020 was this kind of grounding, actually. And I was in one place for three and a half months, which I hadn't had in 15 years. Oh, wow. Where do you feel your resistance coming then? My greatest challenge is how do I reframe Hmm. and take bits of what I feel have the potential to really help people, but not keep them trapped in this idea that I'm not good enough unless I do this. That is the challenge because it's such a deep wound. It's so, so, so it's deep. It's our original wound. It's our original wound. And this, the isolation and the separation from source runs so deep. Dang. And the faith that people don't have in themselves and that don't have that everything's like, nothing's going to be okay. And I need mm-hmm. someone else to come along and save me and tell me what to do. And I can't make choices by myself. There wasn't a single practice that was going to make it into fifth dimensional oneness consciousness mm. without being dismantled first. And when something surfaces, it just means it's ready to be released. Yeah. It's ready to be 100%. dealt with. We are in the age of empowerment. I think there is definitely a lesson for us to learn and to understand and really embody that the age of the guru is over. And we are, we are our own gurus, mm-hmm. really, in every way possible. So where can people find you oh, yeah, and that's... find out information on your work and your practice and your future workshops? My Instagram handle is K-A-M for Michael, E-L <laughs> underscore J-B-R, B for Brown, Kamel, J-B-R, J-B-R. <laughs> and do you have a website? I do, KamelJaber.com, okay. all one word. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.